Hey, this is Kenny Price. I'm host of Black Dot Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. Our mission, of course, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Friend, our world, day by day by day, continues to become increasingly agitated. Against this backdrop, you and I need the peace of Christ. Revelation chapter 15 talks about the coming wrath of God. But dear friend, in the midst of it, I don't want you to be terrified or downcast or saddened or grief-stricken, but instead listen to what the Word of God says about what God is going to do for those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. This is speaking of the coming wrath of God. Revelation chapter 15, and this is in the series, Plain Revelation. The Apostle John writes, Then I saw another great and awe-inspiring sign in heaven, seven angels with the seven last plagues, for with them God's wrath will be completed. I also saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had won the victory over the beast, its image, and the number of its name, were standing on the sea of glass with harps from God. They sang the song of God's servant Moses and the song of the Lamb. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. After this I looked, and the heavenly temple, the tabernacle of testimony, was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, dressed in pure bright linen with golden sashes wrapped around their chests. One of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Then the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Friend, the good news in the midst of everything that's happening right now, with all of the terrible things that are happening here in this country alone, not to mention across the globe, that friend, against that backdrop, if you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and are trusting in Him for your eternal salvation, you have the good news and I have the good news that God's wrath is coming. And when it comes, it is going to be terrific. It is going to be amazing. It is going to be awe-inspiring. But let's talk about the wrath of God for just a minute. There are a couple of words in the Greek language that are used to talk about wrath. The first is orges, and it's a vigorous upsurge of one's nature against someone or something. It means anger, wrath, indignation, as the divine reaction against evil, bringing judgment and punishment, both historically and in the future wrath or indignation to come. It's a culmination of judgment and an outpouring of the stored up of God's anger. The other word, which is the word used here in chapter 15, is thumas, it means to move violently, to rush along. It's as a strong passion of soul and mind, wrath, rage. In Revelation chapter 15, verse 1 here, it's used for divine wrath. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, it's used for satanic wrath. And human wrath is found in Luke chapter 4, verse 28. But this word here in chapter 15, thumos, is in contrast with orge, which is a settled indignation, here, thumos is used of anger that boils up and subsides again, a swelling up of anger, 
a hot temper, an angry outburst. The saucers or bowls here in verse 7 of this chapter gives us a good picture of the stored up anger to be poured out in fury. But the wrath of God here in this chapter, we see it's awe-inspiring. In verses 1 and 3, it talks about the fury of God will be an awe-inspiring event from start to finish. The kingdom of heaven will watch with amazement. And that's John's own words. That heaven is going to be amazed when they see the final boil over of God's wrath upon ungodly mankind. It will be a perfect display of God's anger in action. Notice the seven angels, perfection. The seven bowls, perfection. And notice the description of the angels that they are pristine. Not only is it going to be awe-inspiring, it's going to be all-engulfing. Remember, it is the actual content of the seventh seal. It's going to have the full force of God's attention behind it. In verse 8, it says, No one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. All attention, all force is given to this final act of God's judgment. And it flows from worship. We see the servants of God with harps given to them by God and used to sing the song of God's servant Moses in the Song of the Lamb. So we see this outburst of worship that ushers in the all-engulfing wrath of God. And it flows into eternity. It's relentless. In verse 7, it says that he is who lives forever and ever. It's never-ceasing wrath against those who hate God, who are ungodly. It's authentically revealing. In verse 5, it talks about the tabernacle of the testimony was open. God's wrath is vindicative, not vindictive. It is mankind and the unholy trinity who assault the integrity of God's righteous judgment. The beast and mankind are the ones with a vindictive attitude toward God. God's wrath sets the record straight. We see that the victory of the saints in verse 2 is complete. Victory over the beast, its image, and the number of its name. They are delivered from the evil triad. They serve the eternal God. It's permanent. Notice that they are shown as standing. That is the symbol of victory over your foe. Not only are they complete, not only is their victory permanent, but they are joyous. Notice God has equipped them for praise with harps. In verse 3, it says they sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. A.T. Robertson, the Greek scholar, says it's a picture of the song of victory like that of Moses after crossing the Red Sea. Not only does this image here authentically reveal the victory of the saints, it shows us the personality of God. Here, dear friend, this is very important when we talk about the wrath of God. So many people, when they hear the wrath of God, they think of insult, they think of injury, they think of, of wounding. But yet, we need to keep in mind that these actions that are being taken by a holy God are being taken because God is sovereign. In verses 3 and 4, it says, O Lord, the Almighty, that means He is the all-powerful one. He is sovereign. He is the King of the ages. He has all authority, in other words. And the scripture says, O Lord, that means He is the owner and the ruler. He is the creator and He is the magistrate of this entire universe. The personality of God is sovereign. It's holy. In verse 4, it says, You alone are holy. Friend, He is worthy, it says, to receive our fear, our glory, and our worship. Not only is God sovereign and holy, He's righteous. Friend, everything we see in the book of Revelation that has to do with the outpouring of God's wrath flows from His righteousness. In verse 3, it says, His ways are great and marvelous. They're just and true. God is genuine. He's right. He's sincere. He's good. He's law-abiding. 
So friend, when we talk about the wrath of God, keep in mind, this is God's wrath being poured out upon the ungodly. And it is just, and it is right, and it is holy. And it comes from his sovereignty and his right to exercise judgment over the ungodly. Friend, I ask you a question. Have you made preparations for the coming storm of the ages? We're not talking about stockpiling of food and purchase of plywood. You need a relocation package to make it through. Dear friend, the way we make it through is that we are counted among the righteous who sing praises to God forever and ever, never to suffer the anger, the outpouring, the fury of his anger and wrath. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.